Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production. Available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson on demand. The Regina Pats got an exciting last-second goal from Connor Bedard. And I see the summary, and I'm like, 4.59? Of course it is. That means he scored with one second to go in overtime. The kid just has the flair for that kind of stuff. The dynamics, the schutzpah, the pizzazz. He has it, Darren. And the more you dump that kind of crap on him, the more he rises to the occasion. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Oh, it sure is. It's a Flame Tech Football Friday. Hello, Canada and Canadian sports fans around the world. Yes, who's who and who's where? (laughs) That's what we'll be doing as we welcome you inside. Yeah, it's taken us five days in the program for me to get fully comfortable here on my throne, as the viewers called it yesterday. Welcome to Canada's daytime sports talk show, everybody. Uh, originating from beautiful and sunny South Florida and from the epicenter of the sports world in Canada. We welcome in the moose, Darren DuPont, the owner and proprietor of this whole shindig that we do here every day at noon Eastern. The moose, he is on location as well. And I will let you spill the beans, moose, as to your location here today, if you don't mind. Yeah, this is the beautiful uh, downtown Delta Marriott, Saskatoon, um, right downtown. And to be honest, you said Saskatoon's the Canadian hub. This hotel is the Saskatoon hub. I mean, they just went through some renovations. It's beautiful. They put me up in, in a suite. Um, it's, it's great. But they're doing shuttle pickups for curling from here for volunteers. And just over my shoulder, they probably hear me talking about them. Some of the members of the Rush are sitting here, too. They're in town to continue uh, getting together practice, training camp, stuff like that as they get set to open their season. Um, so they're here. Shuttled out of the uh, Delta, and they're off to go practice this afternoon. So uh, it's it's a really great place to be. Well, look, I wasn't fooling when I said the hub of Canadian sports. But I will tell you this before I jump into our guests today and the quick six show uh, topics here in the warm-up for E-Cold Electric. When you get up to be in a 7 a.m. gym class here in South Florida, you sit around a long time waiting for the Rod Peterson show to go to air, Moose. Can I tell you? <laughs> I've been sitting waiting noon, all day. Yeah. yeah, waiting to go to air at noon. So I get what these Eastern folks have been saying. Like, can you get to uh, tonight's games and quit talking about last night's games? Yet out on the West Coast, it's 9 a.m. And some people are just pouring their coffee. So I understand that, too. But it's been a long wait. And you've been had a pretty busy morning, too, I think. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. And that 11 a.m. start, it, it gives you a lot of time, you feel like, to get things done. But it doesn't give you a whole lot of time when you start filling your morning with a lot of things. So getting up, we're switching locations. Got to watch the 9 a.m. draw a little bit at the, uh, the Olympic yeah, trials. Of course. So uh, it's wild. It's good morning. Yes, absolutely. Well, coming up on the program today, in terms of guests, the great Eddie Steele, who is in the news again this week, uh, his comments on this program 
got him turfed from 630 Ched, the radio voice of the Edmonton Elks. And we're wondering, since he was proven to be right this week, will he be getting a job opportunity from uh, the Elks and Chad again? We'll talk to Eddie about that. And from CHCH Hamilton, the hometown of the 2021 Grey Cup, Clint Bubba O'Neill will be joining us to talk some football, uh, both CFL and NFL variety, and probably U Sports too. But Director, Director Jordan, if you don't mind, can you hit the quick six show <laughs> Uh, by the way, we do have a little bit of something for everybody here in the quick six, but I got to start with Thanksgiving, United States Thanksgiving, uh, Turkey Day, NFL triple header. Here are the games. Daniel Carlson kicked a 29-yard field goal in overtime after Anthony Brown's fourth pass interference penalty kept the drive alive, and the Las Vegas Raiders rode out of Dallas with a 36-33 victory in the middle game of the triple header. Carlson's fifth field goal came after Brown was called for interference on Zay Jones on third and 18. Did you know, Moose, that all four of Brown's interference penalties came on third downing completions? Just wanted to point that out. Raiders now six and five. Okay, oh, you have some thoughts, huh? Ended a three-game losing streak with their first Thanksgiving victory since 1968. It was their fourth appearance on the holiday since then, with the previous two being losses at the Dallas Cowboys. So you obviously watched the game, as did I. I watched it at Dodge City, by the way. And um, they were expecting me to freak out on the officiating, just like all the Cowboys did. I don't assume you saw Jarrah after the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his, he goes, I don't have a problem with the rules. I have a problem with the interpretation of the rules, said Jarrah. Um, <laughs> come on, Jerry. Now, Dak Prescott who I thought had a tremendous game, particularly in the fourth quarter, came out afterwards and said, we can't leave the game in the officials' hands. We got to play better. Complimentary football. uh, Tone down the penalty. They had 14 penalties. So you talk to me about Anthony Brown. And maybe he was targeted by the Raiders and vis-a-vis the officials. But this is my take, as I said to Brian Dodge, the mayor of Dodge City. They're not a... Super Bowl champion team because they can't get their act together on the same day all at the same time. They score 43 points one time, one week and a 43-3 loss uh, win over Atlanta. And then the next week go into Kansas City and you can't score a touchdown and have to kick three field goals. They can't show up on the same day all assets, all aspects of their game. They're not a Super Bowl champion now. But as I said, they're going to win the division. They're going to get Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb back healthy. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence and Randy Gregory, their two stud DNs, and the Cowboys will be fine. But they got some things to clear up here between now and then. You have obviously a yeah, take on the way this game finished. Yeah, and and it was unfortunate. It's, you know, I watched it between the draws uh, here at the Olympic trials, and when it's going to over, I'm, I'm watching it in the in the my ride to the uh, to the curling game. It was uh, you know on my phone on those third and long when you're going after the same guy. You know, when you're looking at slant passes, curl routes, those are always often really tough and they're tough, you know, to complete sometimes. And there's a chance of disaster being picked up. When you go deep on those third and longs, you're kind of taking your shot and there's a really good chance your player is going to come down with it because you can beat a guy straight away with speed. But there's also a chance that you're going to get that penalty, you know, and you're not even that worried about the incompletion. And so when you find out, this guy's been prone to the pass interference because he's worried about getting beat deep. Then you go back to him and you get another one. Well, when it's the fourth time, you know, 
Dallas has to know that they're probably going to target the same guy. It's worked three times before. And sure enough, the fourth time, it ends up being the one that cost them the game for good. But uh, no, Dallas battled back a few times in that football game and, and looked pretty good despite being, you know, dealing with the injuries they're dealing with. But that's just so unfortunate. And it's tough because you're not making contact with the receiver all the time. But if you're getting in his way and you're not turning around to actually play the football, that's probably where Jerry's coming from. But that's the rules. That's the penalty. Yeah, they weren't they weren't clear-cut pass interference penalties. And that's I'm with Jerry on that. No. But again, I'm with Dak. Let's not leave this in the officials' hands. Let's not take 14 penalties overall. So I was actually impressed with Dak in his post-game comments. Anyways, moving on, because there were two other games. Josh Allen passed for 260 yards and four touchdowns as Buffalo sent injury-ravaged New Orleans to its fourth straight loss, 31-6. And in Detroit, Cairo Santos made a 28-yard field goal on the final play to lift Chicago past Detroit. 16-14, the Bears uh, snapped a five-game losing streak under embattled coach Matt Nagy, who was answering questions about his job status less than 48 hours before kickoff. How about that one? Chicago wins. They were favored by three. They won by two. How about that? Moving on here in the quick when, six. Or, remember when yeah, Detroit go ahead. took the, uh, you know, was up by seven yesterday and we're doing this show and you said, yeah. Chicago's favored by three. Are you taking the deal? And we still weren't. It ended up that we just got lucky enough that uh, Chicago didn't win by three. Between two bad teams had a very interesting ending. I'm going to throw you a curveball on point two of the quick six show topics. And by the way, the rest of the show today will be football. The warm-up is for other sports. The Canadian Elite Basketball League, in partnership with Deacon Sports and Entertainment, have announced that they're expanding to St. John's, Newfoundland, beginning next season, 2022. The addition of the Newfoundland Growlers Pro Basketball Club completes the third round of expansion since Canada's only first division professional league began play with six-member clubs in 2019. Now with 10 teams, that makes the CEBL, Darren, the largest pro sports league in Canada. And I had to look this up. I've got friends with the Growlers organization in DSE. That's the sports conglomerate that owns them. They're the parent company of the Newfoundland Growlers of the East Coast Hockey League, which is affiliated with the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Trois-Rivières Lions, affiliated to the Montreal Canadiens, and the Iowa Heartlanders, also of the ECHL. DSE's charitable arm, Growler, Growlers Give, has donated approximately $500,000 directly back into the community through partnerships with numerous community groups in Newfoundland. We are Canada's daytime sports talk show, and I thought we had to spend a minute on this because I don't like the name Growlers for the basketball team. Remember a couple years ago, the hockey team sent me a golf shirt. You know, one of their equipment guys, helpers, Lee, sent me the golf shirt, and it's like you got two teams under the same umbrella of ownership with the same name. I'm sorry. I love the Newfoundland Growlers outfit. Find another name. Call them the puppies if you have to. Because you know why? It's like, oh, I just got a job with the Growlers. Oh, really? His or her friends say the hockey team or the basketball team? Uh, the basketball team. Or I'm going to the Growlers game Saturday night. Oh, the hockey or the basketball? Ooh, well, I thought hockey. Let me check my app and see if I bought tickets to the right. Why would you name two teams under the same conglomerate by, the, by one name? 
my first thought was the Growlers. Wait, wait. There is an East Coast League hockey team named the Growlers, right? And then, you know, I remember them sending the merchandise. I'm like, Rod, this isn't new. They announced the Growlers before because they <laughs> sent you merchandise, right? I was a little confused. But as you're sitting there, I try and see, you know, the world from 360 degrees. And I try and understand, you know, where the world's going. We talk about the CFL and the NFL now competing against each other because of access, right? So when you're trying to market a program, yeah, I get it. But if it's under the same name, maybe it's a little bit of that strategy of trying to go the college sports field. So, you know, when you're in a market, it's tough to have the flyer or the, the penguins and the Steelers and the pirates and the whatever. And what are we doing here? No, we're just Pittsburgh fans. So let's name them all the same, you know, kind of like here in Saskatoon, the Huskies, all the teams are the Huskies. So we always are just, Man, wear that's our a Husky stretch. Pride. That's a reach. So maybe that can work with, right. But it can work in smaller communities and smaller leagues. I don't know if it works for the CEBL because I think they're trending to try and become a bigger league and a big part of the Canadian culture. Maybe we can get their people on. They've actually offered to put their owner on. We'll put a bug in producer Clark's ear to maybe get some people on from the Newfoundland Growlers, but I don't know if that will be the hockey team or the basketball team. You get what I'm saying. Moving on. I do. Point three, Tim Horton, uh, Tim Horton's Olympic curling trials. And our coverage, of course, is brought to you by the Delta Marriott downtown Saskatoon. Core Grain doing the right thing for your farm. And Great Western's original 16 beer. Tracy Fleury is one win away from securing her spot at the Beijing Olympics. She booked her playoff ticket with an 11-7 win over Laura Walker at Canada's Olympic Curling Trials in Saskatoon on Thursday. Then secured the first seed and a bye into Sunday's final with a 10-3 route of Casey Scheidegger in the evening draw. Brad Gushu has clinched a playoff spot on the men's side. The men are on the ice now. I've been watching it this morning on TSN. Moose, you're our man on the ground, boots on the ground in Saskatoon. What do our viewers need to know about the curling prowls as we enter playoff weekend? Well, it's it's looking really good for for Brad Gushu. Um, you know, the big game last night was Brad Jacobs beating Kevin Cooey, and that gave Jacobs sole possession to second place um, and an opportunity potentially to catch Brad if, if you get a win situation from, from Jacobs and a loss from Gushu. But, you know, Kevin Cooey is trying to secure that third spot and get into the playoffs. So, you know, the heavy hitters are there. You know, as the dust is settling at the end of the week, going into the weekend, the heavy hitters are there. Brennan Botcher's not a disappointing week for Brennan Botcher. He'll miss the defending Briar champ. Disappointing week for Matt Dunstone. He'll miss. Um, but the guys who we thought were going to be there at the end are there. And on the women's side, I mean, ooh, Tracy Fleury. She just had her way last night and looks like she is... Head and shoulders, the best team on the women's side. Although Jennifer Jones would have something to say about that. And, and uh, Harry Einerson would have something to say about that too. Um, so it's going to be a really fun weekend. But the teams that we thought might be there at the end are, which has been a lot of fun. Um, and there were some fun games last night on the women's side of teams that aren't going to be there. Laura Walker played really well. I've loved watching her rink play. Um, wish they would have had a little bit of a better week. But uh, no, it's been, it's been great but it's going to get really serious by the end of the day today and leading into the semis tomorrow. Thank you for that.
Um, by the way, this is a Flame Tech Football Friday. Flame Techs are your locally owned and operated industry leaders in commercial and industrial combustion technology. And this little thing we do here is called the warm up, brought to you by E. Cole Electric. Come see our sales staff and in house specialists for your electrical needs. This is a teaser because the next segment is going to be all football. And here's a teaser on it a couple things. One, our poll question today for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center is who will win Sunday's CFL Eastern semifinals? And I know this is a bit of a brain tease for the way it's worded, but your options for anybody watching on YouTube right now would have seen it and voting on Twitter are the home teams, the road teams, or a split. And as of us going to air, the home teams, both winning, leading the poll at 41%. Our voters think the Hamilton Tiger Cats are going to beat Montreal on Sunday and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders are going to beat the Calgary Stampeders. But I'm not going along with that. So we'll talk about that when we come back. We do have a body of work, at least enough voters for this CFL Coach of the Year argument that we had yesterday between Winnipeg's Mike O'Shea or, Hamilton, or um, Toronto's Ryan Dinwiddie. And it looks like if the voters... The actual ones, the football reporters of Canada, go by with like what our viewers say. It will be a landslide. Who will win the CFL yeah. Coach of the Year when they hand it out at the awards? Um, and uh, here, I'll let the cat out of the bag. Canadian University football semifinals this weekend. Huge games. We're going to talk about that. CFL Alumni Association coming out with a really intriguing announcement this morning about somebody that they're going to honor at their Legends Luncheon. And at a dinner party here last night in South Florida that I was at. You know how those dinner parties go. Yes. Guy came up to me and his name was Dan. And he said, hey, so you're the, you were in the CFL for a long time, huh? I said, yep. He goes, well, what do you, you know what you know this guy by the name of Carol Williams? I said, no, but I looked him up and the guy's got a hell of a, a hell of a story. And somehow the CFL historians and people that want to uh, celebrate players miss this guy. And he's from here. So we're going to talk about it wow. when we come back. Okay. We'll be right back. Okay. Broadcasting from South Florida. One half of the show, the Moose at the Delta Marriott, downtown Saskatoon. The other half, on the way, Eddie Steele and Bubba O'Neill. It's a Flame Tech Football Friday. You're watching on Game Plus TV, YouTube Live, and 24-Hour Sports Radio at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. It's a Flame Tech Football Friday. We're coming at you live. Moose is in the lobby right inside there. Delta Marriott, downtown Saskatoon. Uh, yours truly here in sunny South Florida, where I believe it'll get up above 80 degrees Fahrenheit today. You see, I'm wearing my, uh, got the Dolphins gear on, Moose. Not not wearing Cowboys today. I'm not, not happy with the Dallas Cowboys today. I wasn't going to bust that out. No, but I, the, uh, I noticed the yeah. long sleeves, though. The long sleeves. That's what I, so Why I not? know. That's what I think about LA and I've never been to Florida 
But that was my thought in L.A. The weather is so perfect all the time. You wear whatever you want and you're comfortable. You could, you could wear short sleeves, wear, shorts, long pants. Yeah. Doesn't matter. People wear beachwear here 24-7. They, even to get dressed up, they wear beachwear. Which reminds me of that dinner party last night, which I'll get to here momentarily. But um, just a couple from our viewers, com- questions and comments here. Adam Ridioff watching in Hamilton. Because people didn't like the OT the way it was set up last night for the Cowboys and Raiders. I really don't care. I do think the CFL overtime is the best. But Adam in Hamilton says, I think the biggest advantage of the current overtime setup is that it limits the amount of extra playing time and therefore risk of injuries. I don't know. That's the one oddest thing to me about football. Just versus hockey, which is my number one sport in my DNA. How the rules are so different from league to league to league in football, whereas in hockey, they're basically all the same. I don't get it. Makes it a lot easier in hockey to figure this stuff out. Anyways, and then the other one on um, teams, the two teams in Newfoundland with the same name, the pro hockey team, the Growlers, and now the pro basketball team, the Growlers. Somebody's got to explain to me why this makes sense. But Craig Warden watching on YouTube says, kind of like in Europe where all club teams across all sports have the same name. Jeff the Stams fan says, used to have the New York Giants of Major League Baseball and NFL and the St. Louis Cardinals of Major League Baseball and NFL. We still have that. And it's still confusing to me. And to be honest, if I can just sidestep for a second, when the Vancouver Giants came out with their name when they announced it, whatever it was, 20 years ago, I'm like, the the Giants? Really? You couldn't do something better than that? We've already got the New York Giants and the San Francisco Giants. Now we have a junior hockey team called the Giants. Of all the things you could have done, how about the Vancouver Lumberjacks? How about the Vancouver Loggers? But as, as usual, Moose, they... Don't consult me. Um, anyways, oh man, I could turn it loose to the viewers. I'm not ready to just yet do that. Although, you know, I love the viewers. And today we will be awarding the Taco Time Comment of the Week. We already have it picked. Well, maybe. Unless there's a late one. Unless there's a late one coming in, Darren. There's, there's a chance. That the guy could oh, be yeah. caught. But anyways, here's a, CF, here's a CFL story for you. Hang on. Nelson Hackowich, our VP of Sim Events, has entered the chat. And he says, regarding our poll question today for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center, who will win Sunday's semifinals? He says, for the poll, I got to stick with my projections. He ran 10,000 simulations, computer simulated games. And he goes, uh, Saskatchewan and Montreal will be in the division finals. And I'm going with Nelson because the guy knows his stuff. He's got Saskatchewan winning by, I think, four and Montreal, something like that. So I picked Saskatchewan and Montreal to win based on his simulations. Jennifer down at the Four Seasons says, I'm in my glory again today. Football all day yesterday and hockey all day today, starting at noon. And the Jets at 2.30. Listen, that's why I wasn't going to turn it loose on the viewers just yet and let them take over, Darren, because they'll, it's like herding cats. As I said yesterday, they'll completely take over the show. Yeah. And we can't have that. We can't have that yet. So last night, I love these conversations, man, and they always happen in 
America. It's a guy by the name of Dan, and he's a grandpa, so they call him Danpa. How cool is that? That's he cool. says, so you were in the CF. Yeah, he's like, you were in the CFL for a long time, eh? And I'm like, yep. He goes, you ever hear of a guy by the name of Carol Williams? And I said, I, I'm sorry, I haven't. And he goes, well, he went to my high school down here. He was a black quarterback and went up and played the CFL for several years because he couldn't get an opportunity down here. Major stud quarterback, Carol Williams. And I said, well, let's go to the big board. So we did. Look it up. C-A-R-R-O-L-L, Williams. Carol Williams played with the Hamilton Tiger Cats and the BC Lions. I believe those were the teams. Might have been Montreal. But for four seasons in the late 60s. And I'm thinking, yeah, we've heard about the guys that they've honored. Obviously, Warren Moon, number one. But what about Carol Williams breaking the color barrier in the late 60s in the Canadian Football League? And we looked at, he's got a Wikipedia page, man. I'd like to consider myself a CFL historian as a fan, as a kid, then worked in the league for a generation. I never heard of Carol Williams. That's on me. And that's probably on the CFL, too, that we don't even know who this guy is. He was breaking the color barrier before we even knew it was a thing to do. Look it up. I think I got it wrong. I think it was Montreal and BC. But four seasons, Darren and, and Danpa said he was just a little ahead of me in high school, four or five years ahead of me. But he goes, but when I got into the high school, everybody knew about Carol Williams. What a story, eh? That's that's really cool. That's cool. And these are the stories that typically come out this time of year. You know, some of the history of the league, of the Grey Cup, you know, when you get into the playoffs and stuff. Yes. That's a neat story. I mean, love to hear more things like this. You know, Carol Williams, a name I'd never heard of either. So this is the first time for me live here on the show. So I just, I'm sitting back just soaking it up. And now I want to know more about him. I want to see some highlights. I know. Well, I'm there's a couple of Carol Williams. There's two. Uh, here we go. Carol Williams is a former American football quarterback who played four seasons in the Canadian Football League with the Montreal Alouettes and the BC Lions. So I got it wrong. Played college football at Xavier University, which is in Miami, and went to Archbishop Curley High School in Miami, Florida. So how about that? And I jumped out of order here with my points because our good friends at the CFL Alumni Association, with whom I've done a lot of work over the years, Leo Ezrin's their executive director, sending out a news release this morning, and he says the CFL Alumni Association is proud to announce it will be presenting the inaugural CFL AA Indigenous Champion Award at this year's Grey Cup Legends Luncheon, Friday, December the 10th at the End Zone Bar and Grill in Hamilton. While the CFL alumni has traditionally presented the Alumni of the Year Award, this year's edition of the CFL AA Indigenous Champion Award is in support of the CFL's diversity as strength strategy and truth and reconciliation initiatives. In this light, the award is intended to honor former Indigenous CFL players and current advocates of Indigenous participants as players or coaches in the game of football. CFL alumni is pleased to announce two outstanding co-recipients for this year's award. This was just announced Friday morning. Jim Styers will be recognized posthumously. He'll be represented by his daughter, Idy Styers. He is from the Deer Clan of the Cayuga Nation, born on the Six Nations Reserve in 1929. He started his football career with the Branford Bison Football League, and then he played with the Hamilton Panthers and won a league championship in 1951. And Justin Shackle is from Tyendinaga, 
Mohawk territory. He was drafted by the Hamilton Tiger Cats in 2004 and would go on to coach minor football to various levels around the GTA. And sometimes I just sit there and go, like, bravo. I'd like to stand up out of my chair and, and give an ovation to the CFL alumni and Leo for doing this. And then on the other side, turn around and kick all our own asses and saying, why were we not doing this before? Because it just makes you feel good inside to recognize players like this. When you think about the barriers that they had to clear just to have the opportunities that guys like you and me had never thought twice of. You're right. Never thought twice about it. This is a great initiative. I love it. And anytime that we can, you know, pay our tribute and respect the history of the league, that's what associations like the Alumni Association are here to do, too. And I, and I think that's great. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, but, yeah, you're right. I echo what you said. Bravo. Um, really cool thing to do. Um, again, it is a Flame Tech football Friday, so I promised that we would spend the balance of the program on football today. We will get to our featured games later, by the way. And I guess you'll be surprised with mine. So there you go. Um, what? Say what? Oh, no, you no, said, no. Okay. Well, I can't now. I wasn't going to say anything, but um, just so I'm thinking when I have my time, are you talking featured on a Friday? Are we talking featured game tonight or weekend? Well, for me, I'm talking about tonight. But Awesome. <laughs> from our viewers... John Ohm in Winnipeg says, is the Grey Cup sponsored by Shaw again? Jeff the Stamps fan responds and says, I can't see anything, John, saying they are, so maybe not. Who knows? I don't know. I thought I saw they had a new sponsor this year, but I don't know. But let's talk about the Canadian University semifinal games this weekend. The U of S Huskies are on the road, and I actually thought that you might be joining us today from Montreal, Moose. I thought that was going to happen because you know how much the U of S loves you and loves this show. Just tell our viewers about the Huskies getting ready for the UTech Bowl. Well, the invitation was offered by, uh, by our friends at the University of Saskatchewan, but we were already committed to being here, so unfortunately couldn't go to Montreal to do our show from there ahead of the UTech Bowl but it's going to be great. I mean, I've got the it in my my calendar. I'm locked down tomorrow. I'm watching the Huskies and the Montreal Caravan. That's tomorrow afternoon. I think CBC's got the uh, coverage of it. Montreal, the Caravan have been, you know, enlisted as the number one team in the country. They're the betting favorites to win the Vanier Cup, but they got to get through Saskatchewan, who a lot of people think might actually be the number one team in the country. They're very good. They're very deep. Mason Nias is showing a little bit of veteran poise now in the playoff win in the Hardy Cup over Manitoba. It's going to be really fun. Really, really fun. They're healthy. Colton Clawson and Adam Mackard are healthy and ready to roll. So, And their defense is big and nasty, and they're good, and they attack the football. They've got all-stars all over the place. So I really am looking forward to this game. But Saskatchewan has a very good chance to get to a Vanier Cup. But uh, that game is on Saturday. Certainly looks that way. Um, Mike in Toronto writes in and says, I don't know what the teams out in Canada West look like, boys, but that Western team is a juggernaut. Good luck. Ooh, 
they might be on a collision course. Well, John, that would Kirby. be fun because two years ago when sorry, two years ago when Saskatchewan got to the semifinal, it was against Western and they lost. So Saskatchewan yeah. Western and a Vanier Cup would be fun. Uh, get the sound effects ready, boys. John Kirby. Have you seen this comment, Moose? Writes in. Breaking news. Canadian Elite Basketball League adds Newfoundland Growlers as 10th franchise. Hot take. <laughs> You're only 30 <laughs> minutes late on that one, Johnny boy. Oh, no. <laughs> Moose, we'll talk to you next hour, okay? See you guys. I got a steal of a deal for you coming up next. Our good friend, Eddie Steele. Going to talk about the Edmonton Elks and other CFL items. When we return, it is a Flame Tech Football Friday. You are watching on Game Plus TV, YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. We're coming at you live a beautiful Friday. Flame Tech Football Friday, to be exact. We're in sunny South Florida. We've given Moose a couple of segments off. We were talking about, hey, listen, we're going to get into this later on more deeply. I was talking about Carol Williams, black quarterback from here, this region, uh, playing in the CFL in the, in the late 60s. Phil Kershaw writing in, <clears throat> the former chairman of the CFL Board of Governors and president of both Rough Riders teams, Ottawa and Saskatchewan. He says, no disrespect to Carol Williams, but Bernie Custis broke the color barrier with the Ticats in 1951. I think any black quarterbacks at the time were breaking color barrier, but that's just me. I'm very happy to shed some light on Carol Williams, a guy that, again, maybe he should have had more light shed on him. But I don't think it's a contest. Anyways, let's bring in our good friend, Eddie Steele, Great Cup champion, nine-year CFL veteran, looking fresh as always. How you doing, Eddie? Seems like it's been an interesting week for you. I'm doing really well. It has been, uh, it's been an interesting uh, month and a half since I last saw you. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And listen, Eddie, everybody knows the story. You came on this show you torched the general manager of the Elks, Brock Sunderland. Days later, you were relieved of your duties at the 630 Chad, the radio rights holder of the Elks. And then on Monday, Brock Sunderland was shown the door along with a couple of other Elks executives. My number one question for you is, why were, why were the media beating your door down for interviews this week? Uh, essentially because, you know, what I said was the truth and, you know, they just, uh, it was more of a, a vindicating uh, moment in time for me. And uh, they just wanted to kind of get my opinion on the firing, which I think everybody already knew my opinion. And uh, just to talk a little bit of playoff football, because we're entering that exciting time of the year right now. Well, be honest with me. Tell me what you thought when you saw the news come down Monday morning that this move had been made. You know, I, I never 
I never was calling for Brock's job uh, in the beginning of this all. Like, I was just pointing the criticism his way. Uh, you don't want to see people get fired. Uh, you and I have both been victims of getting fired for different reasons and different jobs. I've been cut, and, you know, it, it sucks. You don't want to see people be out of a job. But uh, in terms of my feelings, it's it was kind of like, uh, yeah, duh. I mean, you look at the product on field, and since Brock was the general manager, since he took over and inherited an Ed Hurley-created team, the team record has gotten worse and worse year after year. Uh, so that in itself is just uh, pro football. You got to win games. We're in the business of winning uh, as contrary to what Len Rhodes once famously said, we're in the business of winning football games. That's what pro football is about. Uh, so when you're not producing and winning football games, then you showed the door. What did Len Rhodes say, by the way, I missed that quote. What did Len Rhodes say? Oh, I was, uh, when Ed Hervey got, uh, fired in his in Len Rose press conference he said pro football is more than about winning games and that's uh, a famous quote of his uh, and this is it coming off of a great cup and you know having successful seasons and taking a team that when I first got to the team in 2013 we went four in uh, 16 you know or, or maybe five but it was five and seven or uh, five and 14 or 15 sorry <laughs> bad math, bad math. Nonetheless, we won four or five games. And, uh, yeah, we, he turned that around, and we had a successful 2014, capped it off with a great cup in 15, had a pretty successful 2016, and, uh, yeah, ended up showing Ed Hervey the door. Right. Well, Len Rhodes, not in football anymore, certainly not running sports teams. So uh, Lombardi had it right. Winning isn't everything. It is the only thing, Eddie, as you and I know. Now, listen, give me the – spill the tea, man. You said you had a job opportunity. You going to divulge it today? I'm going to hold off until next week. But next week, it's uh, – everybody, everybody will hear. But it's a, it's a cool opportunity, a big opportunity, something that I didn't uh, – see coming down the pipeline exactly but uh yeah it's uh it's a pretty huge opportunity so i'm really excited about it good for you eddie you deserve it i'm proud of you um so where edmonton goes from here i mean you played for the tie cats the riders and the eskimos but i think i i think you're an eskimo at heart you want a championship with them so you're watching this situation really closely where do you think they should go from here it's a good question, and uh, people have asked me that. It's hard to put your finger on it. I do know in terms of the president, uh, they need someone who is in tune and in touch with what, not just CFL football, but the community of Edmonton. Because with the past president, they brought in an American, and uh, I don't think the um, he was that in tune with the community relations. Uh, just maybe he's great business side of it, but in terms of what the community really needs and wants and desires out of an organization, especially a community-run organization. I think they need someone. It doesn't have to be an alumni. It doesn't have to be, um, you know, someone who's uh, exactly from Edmonton per se, but they need someone who understands that relationship between the community and the organization uh, because that's what's really suffering right now. I do tons of traveling. I talked to so many season ticket holders in small little communities and pockets around the province, 
and they're very frustrated with how uh, they've been treated, how things, their voice hasn't been heard. And quite honestly, the season tickets holders are the ones who pay the wages of most people in the organization. It's a community gate-driven league, and you need to look after them first and foremost. So I think it's going to be very crucial that they bring in a president who is in tune and in touch with the community of Edmonton uh, to a degree and understands how important that relationship is. Very, very well said, uh, Eddie. I knew that you'd be good at this media game if you really wanted to do it. Um, I think that's all I had on the Elks. Who do you have winning the division semifinals this weekend? I got Calgary, and, uh, you know, I, I think Montreal is going to go into Hamilton and do it. I, I think You're going to um, have to tell me know, why. You're going to stop. Tell me why. <laughs> I, I brushed over that quickly. <laughs> yes, you, did. Uh, you know, Calgary is um, they're a well-oiled machine. This year hasn't been their year in the regular season, but uh, you, they're – a, very well coached. We all know that. B, Bo Levi Mitchell, yes, I've harped on him throughout the year, but he's got uh, a huge weapon coming back in Reggie Begleton. And uh, I think he's a little banged up, but I, I think he'll be good to go for the game. They have a good defense. And, you know, in all honesty, Rod, um, lots of boys on the riders and lots of buddies, but I have never been completely sold on the C Cody Fajardo show. And uh, I was just listening to a stat this morning on the radio as I was driving for work, and he has completed three of 38 uh, deep balls uh, that are 30 yards or more. He's got the worst deep ball percentage. I'm not saying you need to live or die by the deep ball, but you need to have that threat. Uh, Duke Williams presents a really good threat, but you can't just run the rock with uh, Powell and then chuck it deep. They need to have some sort of, uh, resemblance of an efficient offense. Shaq's got to get going, but he's been visibly frustrated. Uh, I know he's been banged up all year, but you can see he's frustrated. I, I just, their O-line is pretty porous, you know. I'm sorry to my boy Dan Clark, but they're they a pretty porous unit right now. Uh, and in the game is won and lost in the trenches, especially in the playoffs. And I think Calgary's going to be better suited. Yes, Sask has a great D-line. Um, so unless they're causing complete havoc for Bo Levi, yeah, they could be in the game. But I think the Calgary is a little more well-polished and a little more um, prepared for this moment. Love it, Eddie. Love it. Uh, that's why, like I said, you're so great at this. You are the best. Mandy is watching Mandy Glass in Edmonton. She says, please say hi and send my well wishes to Eddie and my family from our, and his family from Mandy and Edmonton. I really appreciate his CFL insight. Thank you. So, Eddie, we'll let you run. Have a great weekend. And as you see, everything always works out for the best. Yeah, and stay tuned next week, Rod. Uh, I think you'll be happy for me. Awesome. I, I, I know I will. Eddie Steele joining us from the City of Champions, our uh, Edmonton correspondent. I got a great story about Eddie coming up next. Uh, has to do with my pizza restaurant. And viewer takeover. Right after this break, you're watching the RP Show of Flame Tech Football Friday on YouTube Live, Game Plus TV, and 24-Hour Sports Radio, rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now.
Okay, we are live. Taco Time viewer takeover segment. Let's get to the viewers now. I thought I could shake it out of Eddie. I really thought I could. What his big job opportunity is next week, but not happening. Not yet, I guess. Uh, Taco Time viewer takeover. We're not announcing this week's winner of the $50 gift card just yet. We're going to do that next hour. Did you know that Taco Time has been around for over 40 years in Canada? This iconic brand, a Canadian favorite, serves over 3.2 million burritos, 2.5 million tacos, and over a million Mexi fries every year. Spicy. They're going to serve some. Yeah, they're going to serve some to you, aren't they? Today for lunch or supper or this weekend. Um, <clears throat> there is a taco time in Miami, I've learned. So I will be checking that out ASAP. Oh, good one, Rod. I'm jumping into the comment section at my own peril. I have not had the opportunity to edit these in my own mind. Uh, <laughs> funny one from Ryan McCarthy in Saratoga, New York. He says, I just hope all four teams have fun talking about this weekend CFL division semifinals. How about Len Rhodes? the former president of the Edmonton Eskimos, who said there's more to pro football than winning games. Really? Enlighten us, Len. Len? <laughs> really? Uh, but I've always often thought that the end of Len Rhodes' time started when the Saskatchewan Rough Riders went in and stole his entire coaching staff from right under his nose. Not, yeah. I won't go any further than that, but that was the end of the Edmonton Eskimos. They just won the Grey Cup. They seem to be doing fine, right? And then your top rival comes in, steals all your coaching staff, and Bob's your uncle. Bob's your uncle. Exactly. Uh, sports update here. Florida Panthers general manager Bill Zito announced today that the club has re-signed forward Ryan Lomberg to a two-year contract extension. The five foot nine, 187-pound native of Richmond Hill, Ontario, led the Panthers with 67 penalty minutes in last year's abbreviated season. 5'9", 187 led the Panthers in penalty minutes. Let that sink in. Scored his first career playoff goal in overtime at Game 3 of the Stanley Cup playoffs against Tampa. How are we doing for time, Clark? Surging Toronto Maple Leafs are in San Jose to take on the Sharks in NHL play tonight. The Leafs have won seven of their last eight, enter the contest in second place in the Atlantic. Sharks have just four wins over their last ten. Winnipeg Jets are in St. Paul, Minnesota today for an afternoon date with the Wild. Many enters the game sitting atop the Central. Third-place Jets have lost four in a row. Struggling Vancouver Canucks are in Columbus tonight. Vancouver is just two wins in their last 10. The NBA's Toronto Raptors finish off a six-game road trip when they face the Indiana Pacers tonight. If the playoffs started today, neither one of those teams would be in them. Raps at Pacers tonight. This sports update for Ballers Rec Room. Check out our brand-new line of games. Book your group or business Christmas party now. Last minute. Last minute of play in hour one. Also brought to you by the Tab Brewhouse and drive through Liquor Store, where you'll never need to ask to get the CFL games put on. And for Red Bull Canada, Red Bull gives you wings. Funny story about Eddie Steele, and I don't, I don't think it matters now. You just, people like us tend to find each other in life. And when I was going through my time at the end with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, I was uh, working in my pizza restaurant because I was working three jobs at the time. And Eddie came in to see me and I said, Eddie, I'm not supposed to be talking to you. I'm not supposed to be talking to any of the Rough Riders. I was working behind the bar like Sam Malone in Cheers. 
And he <laughs> belly up to the bar, sits down, orders a pizza. And he's like, I don't care. There's something I want to talk to you about. We might kick that around next hour. What that was about, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But we stayed good friends. And as we say, things always work out for the best. Hour two coming up with the moose right after this. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. For more Rod Peterson on demand, visit rodpeterson.com.